A mink pelt sold for $10, and $10 back in the Great Depression is the equivalent of $217.31. If you've ever been poor, having like just to not worry about where your grocery money is going to come from for like a couple of weeks, you can't un you can't overstate like how much your like heart and soul like unclenches for a little bit. That's Michael Hansen, and on today's episode, the truth will set you free even if it hurts. From NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing, this is The Howl. True stories, no notes, live on stage in the North Country. I'm Ethan Shanty. I never knew what kind of money problems my parents had. We always had good Christmases, we always had lots of presents on our birthdays, and you know, we went on vacations, we went on trips, and of course, when you're a kid, you don't really know what money is, unless you don't have it, of course. But how could I have known? Everything seemed perfectly fine, until one day, in third grade, I went on a field trip. Miss Denise's class had headed to a museum, and I had $10 in my pocket to buy a souvenir. But when I got there, I found there wasn't really anything I wanted to buy. So when I came home empty-handed, my mom asked for the money back, but I couldn't find it. I had lost that $10. And my mom just flew off the handle. She wasn't just mad, she was livid. How could I be so irresponsible? Don't you know what $10 is worth? I don't think I'd ever seen her so upset. I mean, she actually cried over that $10. She apologized to me later, and she told me it wasn't my fault, but that moment has always stuck with me. It was the moment that I learned that $10 could be the difference between keeping your lights on and sitting in the dark. In that moment, I realized the truth of what my parents were struggling with every single day, and I've never looked at a $10 bill the same way since. On today's episode, Michael tells us about life in the Great Depression when his own grandfather came into a surprising windfall, but nobody would believe where it came from. Michael told us this story live on stage at the 2023 Howell Grand Slam in Saranac Lake. So for my job, I interview people for documentaries and news stories, and I want to share some of the just things that I've learned about interviewing people. And... The first thing is that um, when people know they're being recorded, um, either on camera or audio recorder, even someone just taking notes, they sort of imagine a theoretical audience that is going to hear this later. And so they try and hit like a sweet spot of being like insightful, intelligent, and charming, and entertaining. And I'm really feeling that right now in front of a non-theoretical audience. Um, <laughs> But my wife's grandfather has all these like great stories from his past. And when he was getting older, he decided he wanted to like get some of these stories on record. And so my wife's family, knowing that I had experience interviewing people, uh, tagged me in for this. Um, and so a couple, uh, a couple of weeks later after they tagged me in, we're sitting around the kitchen table little audio recorder sitting between like a salt and pepper shaker and some prescription uh, pill bottles. And uh, John is wearing, uh, Grandpa John, he's wearing a signature flannel shirt and suspenders. And he leans forward and starts to tell the story of the mink. Uh, John grew up on a farm during the Great Depression with seven other siblings. So. Money was pretty tight back then. And there's a creek that ran along the farm. And one winter, the creek froze in like a perfect fashion. It was like completely flat. It was glass. And so you could go ice skating 
on like a speed skating rink, quality ice, but it was winding through like fields and forests and it was just a wonderful experience for a 10 year old kid. And so whenever there wasn't farm chores to take care of, him and his siblings were ice skating. And one day, John's able to start ice skating on his own. He's got freshly sharpened skates, and he's going along, and he notices a shadow under the ice, and he's like, what's the shadow? I'm gonna start following this. And so he's like, sort of skating after the shadow, and the shadow goes to like a hole in the ice, and out pops the head of a mink. And as soon as the mink spots John, it dives back down. Um, but the mink is sort of in trouble because there's no other air holes nearby. So it dives down, can't find a place to get to, and John is also sort of like, he's trying to shepherd it back to the air hole. And um, so eventually the mink gets tired or just annoyed enough that it's like, okay, I'm gonna exit the air hole and try and make a run for it on top of the ice. And this is a poor mink calculation because as soon as the mink exits, he steps on it and kills it. Stig okay. This was not casual cruelty. This is not unmotivated. Mink pelts are worth money. And he knew a guy in town that would buy it. Um, and so a mink pelt sold for $10. And I went on an uh, inflation cal cal calculator. And $10 back in the Great Depression is the equivalent of... $217.31. And so he's uh, coming from Depression Era Farm with nine mouths to feed. If you've ever been poor, having like just to not worry about where your grocery money is going to come from for like a couple of weeks, you can't, un you can't overstate like how much your like heart and soul like unclenches for a little bit. And so I like to imagine Grandpa John, 10 bucks in his pocket, coming home. Maybe he's imagining a sort of like hero's welcome with his family. He's gonna get a hug from mom. He's gonna get handshakes from dad. He's gonna get to brag to his brothers about how he like used his wits and his patience to get the mink. He's gonna, maybe they're gonna get something really cool for Sunday dinner or like a dessert that they don't get to have normally. Um, but more than like the dollar amount, I like to think that like the sense of like relief that he was bringing home to his family was worth more than like the actual money, if that makes sense. And this is where John pauses the story. And so we're back sitting around the kitchen table. And this is my second tip about interviewing people is that silence is invaluable. Don't jump to your next question because people don't like awkward silences and sometimes they'll tell you something really interesting just to fill the awkward silence. And so we're sitting there, awkward silence, and John continues the story. When he brought the money home to his father, his father asked where he got it from and he tells the story of the mink. And his father doesn't believe him and his father had also raised his children to be you know, moral, upstanding characters, which means don't lie and don't steal. 
and his father's convinced that his son has stolen this money and made up this story to explain where it's coming from. John has been taught, don't lie, so he sticks to his story. And eventually, since John's father thinks that he is one lying, two has stolen the money, he disciplines his child by beating him. My wife and like the younger generation, they had never heard this second part of the story. And you can kind of imagine why. It's, um, it's a dark way to end the story. It turns your father into like a villain. Um, you know, and you want to protect like your children and your grandchildren from hearing like some unseemly details that they don't necessarily need to hear. Maybe he was telling the story the way that he wished that it had ended rather than how it actually ended. Um, I don't know because he passed on before I could ask him these questions. But it's nice to hear the extension of the legend of the mink story. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thanks to Michael Hansen for the story and a reminder to all of us, check your wallet before you go. The Howl is written, produced, and edited by me, Ethan Shanty, with editorial supervision by David Summerstein. Live audio is captured by Doyle Dean, Bill Hanel is our digital guy, and Caitlin Kelly handles all things social media. Music on this episode is by famous letter writer of Plattsburgh. The Howl is a co-production of NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing in Saranac Lake, New York. You can find more episodes and support the program, plus find out when we're going to be telling stories in your town by visiting ncpr.org slash howl. This is NCPR North Country Public Radio.